what's up everybody welcome back to the queue it is season five episode eight and like i said before ladies this episode is for y'all i told you i was going to be coming for y'all i originally wanted to have a guest host for this episode but then when i thought about it so many women have so many different aspects and like perspectives of how this topic affects them and how they see it so I was like you know what I'm gonna just talk about it myself because if I have one particular person on here like I'm 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 gonna feel like I'm doing a disservice like I'm not covering all the different aspects and elements of how women feel that this affects them and impacts their life so this episode is a continuation from last week's and it's going to be on toxic femininity well it's actually not last week it's a couple weeks but you get the point i hope you guys enjoy the episode Okay, so we're just going to jump right in. Like I said, this is a continuation of our talk on toxic masculinity, but we're focusing on the ladies this time, and we're focusing on the other side with toxic femininity. And so, really, this all just comes down to, you know, social norms, really. Like, the things that society has put in place for women to abide by socially, you know, all the social rules, the etiquette, all of those things, right? You know, we talked about last time that men have their own kind of things that they're supposed to adhere to as men, and if they don't do these things, that they're not real men, and, and all of this other stuff. And, and women, on the other hand, we have a whole different set of things that we have to adhere to, right? And the fun, the fun fact about that is that men are the ones who put said rules in place for us to follow which is which is interesting when you really think about it and i'm gonna break that down later but it's it's one of those things where you you know you hear it all the time where it's like oh if you if you know if you have to say you're a lady then you're not one or you know real women you know just just do things they don't talk about it this this that and the third you know it's the same thing for men you know real men do this and 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 you know non-real men do that or whatever but women, I feel like we get scrutinized so much more closely about the things that we quote unquote should be doing. And I can't figure out why. I can't figure out why. And I think I think the difference is, is that for men, it, it, it just all gets swept under the rug, right? You know, men are told not to show emotion, not to cry, hold it in, hide it, you know, do whatever you have to do to not be seen as quote-unquote you know feminine or weak or you know emasculated or whatever word you want to use and women on the other hand we get the we get the extreme other end of the the spectrum where it's like oh you're to this you're to that you're doing too much you know you have too many emotions you you know you're being too open about what you're feeling and this and this and that and it's like really like that's where we are like is that where we are and I saw a post on Instagram by Missy Elliott and it was so profound it was so and it was it was profound because it was so simple and it was like in case you didn't get the memo we are no longer competing against each other we are you know encouraging each other empowering each other lifting each other up like something to that effect but it was like a women empowering women and like women supporting women type of post and I was like yes that is what we need we need more of that we need everybody to be on that page and riding that wave because for so long women have been pitted against each other for the dumbest and I mean the dumbest of things if you don't got your nails done right oh everybody coming for you if you don't got the latest gucci bag oh everybody coming for you if you wearing last season's shoes everybody coming for you who gives a fuck who gives a fuck? Nobody is trying to keep up with the Joneses. Anybody trying to keep up with the Kardashians. Anybody trying to keep up with whoever it is that is out now that you're supposed to keep up with. Who cares? Who cares? Okay, at the end of the day, everybody has their life to live. Everybody's got to go home to a family or themselves or an animal. Like, 
you got stuff to do. You got bills to pay. You got groceries to buy. You got a car to maintain. Like, who cares? Who cares what you're buying at the mall? Who cares, you know, that you you got 50,000 likes on Instagram? Like, unless that's your full-time job and you're an influencer and that's how you make your living, who cares? Who cares otherwise? And even even for the celebrities, who cares? Like, after a certain point, if you're not constantly making content, you're just a regular person. You just become one of us. Like, and even before all of that, you're still just one of us. You're still just a human. You're still just another person who's got bills and people to feed and all of that stuff. But for whatever reason, your status in society lifts you to a place where everybody needs to know everything about your life. And for women, again, it is, it's, it's so much more intrusive for women in like in like the limelight and in, in in you know who were celebrities everybody must oh did she lose weight did she gain weight who's she dating and she's had four different boyfriends in the past four weeks like who cares like <laughs> i don't understand why it's so like in your face that we have to care about all these aspects of everybody else's life like what about us why can't we care about our life like why can't you know why can't um I don't know, pick any female celebrity. Why can't she just leave the house and go to the gym because that's what she likes to do? Why does she have to get accosted by paparazzi about, oh, she's in the gym because on her last movie or her last TV show, you know, you could see the fat in her face. Like, who, why? Why do all that? Why tear women down that way if, you know, everybody's so rallied behind the idea of, oh, we need strong women. We need we need women in leadership and this and this and that. But every time you turn around, you're, you're tearing women down in some kind of way. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. So, sorry, I went on a tangent there because I got on my soapbox. But going back to the connection to the toxic masculinity conversation. So, like I said in the last video, we didn't get to everything. And I am going to bring David back on here to finish that conversation. But one of the videos that we did not get to that was mentioned was the Angie Martinez video. And so Angie Martinez from the Breakfast Club, or she was she was on she was on with people from the Breakfast Club, and what happened was they were talking about does protect and provide include paying the bills. So they were talking about the different gender roles for men and for women. And Angie Martinez was saying that her view is that a woman's role is to curate a safe and loving home. And, you know, she, she did kind of, like, disclaimer that and say that everybody's values are going to be different, which, which is very true, you know, and, and protect and provide can, can mean different things to different people, right? And so she was saying she believes that a woman's role is to curate a safe and loving home and a man's job is to protect and provide. But what does that actually mean? You know, what does protecting and providing actually mean? Does that mean paying the bills? Does that, you know, paying the bills only? Does that mean paying the bills and contributing something else to the household? You know, what exactly does that mean? And so she goes on to say that if she has to pay for the roof over her head, then she might as well not be married, you know. And in my mind, you know, in my mind, you have to pay for that anyway. Like, there's certain things that have to be done regardless. Housing is one of them. So if, if somebody else wasn't paying for you to live where you live, you just wouldn't live nowhere? Like, that don't make no sense to me. Like, that's what it sounds like on the surface. I know it goes deeper than that, but that's what it sounds like on the surface. It, it, the people who are like, oh, well, if, if, I'm, if I'm married or if I'm with somebody and they're not taking care of these things, then I might as well not be married. And it's like, okay, but there, there's those are things you have to do anyway like if if your man ain't gonna cook for you how you gonna eat like if your man don't pay your bills how you gonna how you gonna live like i don't get it like and men do the same thing men do the same thing where oh if a woman ain't doing these things and these things for me then i don't want her okay so you telling me if she not gonna do your laundry you gonna wear dirty clothes because that's what it sound like like it's i don't know maybe i'm again maybe i'm overthinking it but that's what it sounds like to me it sounds so ridiculous and so the question is you know should a woman pay any bills if she's keeping up the home as the wife right that was the question that they were trying to talk about um in the video with angie martinez and then um there was another question of should the man pay all of the bills and the woman keep the home kind of like a 1950s kind of mentality or mindset and again it goes back to that idea of gender roles is okay who's doing what and you know what does that mean does that give 
each person in a relationship or however many people are in the relationship does that give anybody certain levels of status and if it does is there a hierarchy there where people are you know there's somebody at the top and then and then everybody is beneath them or or you know everybody has their role kind of thing and you know again she did put that disclaimer in there that everybody has different values and so that is to say you know you need to do what works for your marriage or your relationship or whatever you got going on you need to do what works for you and the people involved but again you know if you're going to set certain expectations for the other people in your relationship then you kind of need to have a good solid foundation of where you are um and again you know I, I never understood the people who say, if my partner isn't going to do X, Y, Z for me, then I don't want to be in a relationship. When, they, when they're talking about basic needs types of things, like housing, food, like bills, that sort of stuff. Like your basic needs should be met by you and only you first. Like then a partner or a spouse should be essentially the backup for those things. You should always, as... I firmly believe man, woman, alien, child, like when it is appropriate and when you can, you should always be able to provide your own basic needs. Kids are the exceptions, obviously, because they don't have those same resources. But all of that boils down to is independent living skills. They are paramount. Nobody should be doing things for you that you can do for yourself. Unless you have a disability or some other legitimate reason that you can't, you should be doing for you first and do you know why because we are conditioned to believe that the way that we present ourselves to other people tells them how they should interact with us tells them the level of respect tells them the level of comfort safety whatever word you want to use it tells them how to approach you and so if you're always the person that is waiting for someone else to hand you something before you can get up and, and, and go do what you need to do with it. What are you telling what are you what are you telling everyone else about yourself if somebody does want to come up to you and, and propose a partnership? Romantic or otherwise. It could be business related. But you're the person that's not gonna take the initiative. You're the person that's gonna wait for somebody else to hand you something for you to go do something with. I don't want a business partner like that. If I'm trying to open a bakery with somebody and I'm always waiting for them and I can't make any decisions on my own, what kind of a business am I going to have? Probably not a good one. Because if I, if I can't step up and make decisions that I need to make on my own, regardless of whether that person is there or not, then I don't need to have a business anyway. Because the idea is, again, if something happens to your partnership, you need to be able to keep things afloat if you want to keep what you have going. So if you open a bakery with somebody and then all of a sudden your partner gets sick or your partner has to take an extended absence for some reason, you need to be able to keep your business going on your own. Do you not? Like, because I can imagine that there's been lots of people who have started businesses with people and things have happened and only one person has been running the ship, so to speak, for a designated amount of time. Now... If we're going to go by Angie's logic and she's saying, you know, you know, if paying the bills for the business is, is a basic need, right, and her partner is not going to pay the bills when that was their role, then she just won't, then she just won't have a partnership. Like, then you shouldn't have went into business with somebody if you weren't prepared to back them up when they needed. And that's the other thing. Relationships are not always and when I say relationship I mean any connection you have with anybody I'm not talking strict I'm not talking strictly romantic relationships are not always 50 50 it's not always oh you agreed to this and I agreed to that and that's how it's going to stay things change things ebb and flow and bob and weave and you know different life circumstances and experiences change that balance all the time sometimes it's 80 20 sometimes it's 60 40 sometimes it's 70 30 it's not always 50 50 in the interactions that you're going to have with somebody and I think people forget that I think you know again 
as women, we are told, oh, a man should be doing these things for you. And if he's not, then you need to go find better or you need to go find something else or someone else. And it's like, but, but like nobody, nobody looks at the why behind like why something isn't happening. So, you know, if you're with somebody and they lose their job and they're out of work for six months going on a year and everybody's telling you, oh, you need to leave if, if they can't keep a job and this and this and that. Okay, fine. Maybe that's one part of it. If they can't keep a job, that that's that's based on them, right? But if if they can't keep a job in a market that's not high supply for jobs, right? If there's not a lot of availability for the things that they have skills in, then it's not their fault, you know, that they can't keep a job or find one do you know what I mean like nobody asks about all the details underneath everything everybody just sees what's on the top and they're like oh you need to do this or you need to you need to do that and it's like no that no like that's not gonna work it's not gonna work because and and this is the thing that I tell people all the time context is everything context is everything and so when you're asking someone for advice you already need to know that they're going to give you a biased answer. Do you know why? Because they're not you. They don't have your thoughts. They don't have your perspective. You could explain the situation to them A through Z exactly how you experienced it, felt it, thought about it, lived it, and they would still not be able to give you the answer that you want or that you're looking for because they don't have your perspective. They're going to think about it from their perspective. They're going to think about it from their resources they're going to think about it from you know the the outcome they would probably want to choose if they were in a similar situation you have to be willing to accept the fact that obviously nobody is going to think exactly like you and so when you're fishing for for confirmation or you're fishing for validation when nine times out of ten you probably already know what you want to do you just want somebody to tell you that it's okay or you want somebody to talk you out of it. Those are the only two options. When you ask for advice, you either want somebody to tell you what to do, or you want them to talk you out of what you've already decided. And again, I think that I think that is a woman's thing. There, there's that need for approval or validation from someone, um, or reassurance. And again, that I think that's curated by society's need to, you know. Um, to you know put women as the the insubordinate or put women as the 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 person that's underneath someone else all the time who is kind of constantly deferring to someone else and it's like we don't we're we're more than that you know we can make decisions on our own we can be in positions of power we can be in positions of leadership and we can be the head of something without making any males feel like they're emasculated. I don't even like that word, to be completely honest with you, because it 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 highlights something. It, it highlights another aspect of toxic masculinity, right? Because it's used as an insult. It's like, oh, you're emasculated. And it's like, well, no, if you're masculine, you're masculine. That That doesn't change based on how somebody treats you like you may be humiliated but your masculinity doesn't go away because your feelings got hurt like it is one of those things where like it's so built into the culture it's really hard to untangle and it's really hard to separate from a lot of the things that we do on a day-to-day basis and I just I don't I don't know I I don't know how to kind of think about it in a way that is going to make sense to like to separate it for people because a lot of people can't separate it it's it's not two separate things it's it's so ingrained into our culture again that masculinity and femininity and you know how women and men should act it's so programmed into us that it's really hard to unlearn it is really 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 hard to unlearn and I don't remember if I if I mentioned this in the last episode or not, but there was a video about true colors. 
and this particular video was about romantic relationships, romantic heterosexual relationships to be exact. And the person said, a woman shows her true colors when a man suffers a loss. And while I agreed with the statement, thinking about it now, I don't, I don't know that I want to, I don't know that I want to agree with it anymore. Because again, it sets up this dichotomy that men and women are only supposed to respond to each other in one particular way, and that's not true. You know, there are plenty of women who, you know, are deadbeats in, in various forms, um, the same way that there are plenty of men who are deadbeats in various forms. You know, nobody is exempt from any particular type of behavior. Anybody is capable of anything given the right circumstances and resources. That's just how I feel. Um, but this, this, this idea that women and men only show up in certain circumstances, uh, again, perpetuates the idea that we need to be looking for a certain type of person that our quote-unquote soulmate or whoever is going to have all these trait marks and check all these different boxes and if they don't then you need to move on to the next person until you find someone that does and the absurdity of that to to put that in someone's head and go you need to act this way be this way do these things for someone to accept you that's horrible that's horrible that's horrible and you see it all the time in shows about women like women are told all the time oh if you're you know if you're tomboyish or if you're you know um if, if you don't do the typical things that a quote-unquote female should do then you're not going to be accepted either by society either by a love interest um marriage is a big one um if, you know if you're looking at um, if you're looking at Pride and Prejudice, you know, it's that whole movie, like, the main character is saying she doesn't want to get married. Whole movie. All her sisters are like, I want to get married, and all of her sisters are rushing to get married off, and she's like, mm, I don't need marriage. Marriage ain't for me. And everybody's like, what? What do you mean? You just, haven't read the, you just haven't found the right guy yet, and this and this and that, and blah, 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 blah. And of course, in walks, you know, Mr. Darcy, but, but that's another thing. Because in the end, she does choose to get married to Mr. Darcy, but she does it of her own free will, not by the forced expectation of, you know, consummation that's placed on her by society. And I think that makes the difference. That makes the difference. Women are told all the time, you need to want X, Y, Z in order to have a fulfilled life. And, and the people who kind of champion against that idea of no, women can make their own choice about what they want. They don't need to be told. And then in the end, if they do choose those things, everyone's like, oh, you're a hypocrite. You 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 talked about not wanting these things and, and here you are partaking in them. And it's like, okay, but there's a difference. There's a difference between being told what to do and a difference between choosing what to do. You know, as a kid, you were told what to do because for most of your in most of your childhood you don't really have that sense of agency and you don't really have the knowledge to be able to make certain choices on your own so you're told go to bed at this time you have to eat three meals a day you have to go to school for six and a half hours and, you know that sort of stuff but when you're old enough you can make some of those choices on your own you don't have to go to bed at eight. i mean you might still have a bedtime or a curfew or something but you know, it starts to become more flexible as you get older because you have more knowledge to be able to make decisions on your own and informed decisions at that. You have the you have more agency to go and look up information, research things, find out, you know, what it is that you're interested in and what you're planning to do with that choice once you have the information to make it. With with women, everything is so oh, there's no man. How she how's she gonna survive if nobody's telling her what to do, if nobody's behind her giving her direction? It's still fraught in the medical field today. Most women cannot get a hysterectomy without some sort of partner's excuse me, male partner's permission, for lack of a better word. But that's what it is. If you want a hysterectomy and you're married, your husband has to sign off for you to get a hysterectomy. For a doctor to do something to your body that could be affecting you for the rest of your life, your husband has to sign off on 
Tell me how that makes sense. Tell me how that's right. Tell me how that even quantifies informed consent in any way. How? How? If somebody is saying, I would like this procedure because it could save my life, and the doctor is saying, I recommend this procedure because it could save your life, how, how dehumanizing is it then to go, oh, wait, we need to ask your male counterpart for permission first. We need to make sure they're okay with this. How dehumanizing is that? To have a woman say, there's something going on with my body. I need life-saving medical procedures. For the doctor to say, there's something going on with your body. You need a life-saving medical procedure. And then for everyone else to go, but what about her husband? Who cares? He doesn't need a life-saving procedure. Like, at this point, either you want your wife to live or you don't. Like, that's what that comes down to. Like, things with, like, having babies. Again, women getting their tubes dyed. I'm sure before present day, there was some sort of permission clause for that too. Oh, what if your husband wants more kids? Who the fuck cares? He's not carrying them. Like, he's not pushing them out. Who cares if he wants more kids? Like, there's plenty of other ways to have children. Like, (laughs) sorry, I'm getting amped up. I'm on my soapbox again. Let me calm down. Let me take a deep breath. And we're going to do one more, just for clarity. Okay. But it's stuff like that. It's stuff like that that's built into the culture. It's built into the the resources and services and things that we use every day where women are less than, essentially, you know, until a a few handful of years ago, women couldn't own credit cards. Women couldn't have a bank account by themselves. Like, everything had to be, quote-unquote, co-signed by some male counterpart. Um, We have Ruth Bader Ginsburg to thank for that. Thank God she, you know, came along, you know, rest in peace to her. But, like, without those things, again, we wouldn't have the opportunity to vote. We wouldn't have the opportunity to probably hold positions of power, public office, or leadership. We wouldn't be able to have control of our own money, have control over, you know, basically our own well-being, our own ability to provide for ourselves. And I think a lot of women, I don't want to say they take it for granted, but I think a lot of women get into a space where they are very, you know, I can do what I want kind of thing and then on the opposite side there's the women who are like no you can't and I think in the middle there are the women who are like I can do what I want within reason but I understand that the foundation upon which my choices are built are still limited that is where I think we all need to be because as women it's very clear we can't just do what we want there are still things in place today that make that impossible and at the same time, we're, we're not in a place anymore where we can't, you know, where we can't not just do what we want. Because we can, women have a lot more agency today than we probably ever have had in the history of time. But I think living on the extremes of either of those ends is somewhat, you know, fallible because it's not, it's not, it's not realistic. You know, as women, we still don't have all the agency that men do. But we're also not, you know, we're not technically treated as second-class citizens anymore either. And I think for a lot of people, being a woman in and of itself is so difficult. Because there's so many things that you have to learn. Not only do you have to learn what you can and can't do as a woman, you have to learn who you can do it around. And what spaces that you are constantly changing your persona you're constantly changing your attitudes to fit whatever environments you are walking into and again men have to do the same thing but not to the same degree that women do men can usually just walk in a room and they're accepted just because they're a man they don't have to do anything they just have to show up now 
women can't do that. If a woman shows up somewhere, like let's say, you know, a woman's a company of a president and she shows up in a room full of men, most of those men are going to think she's a secretary first. Unless they know that she's the boss of the company, they're going to assume she's not supposed to be in the room or she's in the room for some menial, like, reason. And then once they find out that she's the boss, their whole persona shifts to either I'm not taking orders from a woman or I'm just going to kiss ass so that she gives me what I want and I can do what I want anyway. Like, nobody takes women seriously in certain contexts. And I, and I think that's sad. Uh, I do think it's sad because, again, there's this idea that women need to be frail. Women need Women are weak. Women are, you know women are not as capable or whatever people people think about women and it's like are we the only are we the only species that does this like i saw another kind of like video meme thing on instagram where it was like why are we pretending why are humans the only one that pretends that their female species are weak like every other animal kingdom species female like they're the ones getting shit done (laughs) like they're the ones protecting and providing like they're getting shit done penguins the female leaves in subarctic temperatures to go find food to bring back for the child now granted while they're gone the males do tend to those to those eggs and they you know they breed the subarctic temperatures as well but the women travel long distances to find food so they not only do they have to survive for themselves to get to where they're going to get the food for their kid they have to survive long enough to make it back and then they have to tend to the kid take care of the kid and raise their family so please please tell me how we are the only ones who don't get it. Like, I just, I don't understand. I really don't. I really don't. I don't understand it at all. And I, and I, you know, again, the, 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 the typical trope for women, right, is that you, you want to get married, you want to be a wife, you want to be a mom, you want to raise a family, you want to have kids. No. I no that should not be the standard that should not be the standard and i know i talked about this in the last episode the the new female and male um video in that it says that the new female is unlimited she can be anything she wants in addition to being a mom and or a wife and i like that they put in addition because the fact that some women do want to be mothers and wives there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want go live your life go ham buy all the mom things buy all the wife things like do it up if that's what you want to do but that's not your only avenue that you can go down like this idea of the new female is that you can do whatever you want and also be a mom or be a wife or both if you want to do those things too there's nothing wrong with wanting to adhere to whatever your standard of femininity is the problem is when it is packaged as it's the only way to adhere to femininity right and a lot of people don't get that either they're like well if you're if, if you're a woman or if you're female then you do these things it's like mm, not always not always there are plenty of stereotypical feminine women who like to dress very modestly or they like to dress you know um you know they they like to dress not necessarily feminine like because some people might think that you know femininity clothing wise is you know skin tight clothes or maybe not skin tight but just like clothes that show off their figure not every woman dresses like that not every woman wants to you know and, and again on the opposite end if you think femininity is dressing modestly not every woman does that not every woman wants to you know it's that sort of thing where people can just be people 
and you don't have to put people in these super compressed boxes and there's no list you know that if if you if you're not checking these things off your list then you can't be part of the group it's it's that's how people make it seem but it doesn't actually work that way like if you were the girl in high school who wore baggy jeans baggy sweatshirts and like beanies great that was your aesthetic that was what you liked do you and if you're still doing that as an adult that's your aesthetic that's what you like do you there's nothing wrong with that and if people are giving you slack because they're like oh you need to you you know you you should wear some dresses or you should buy some skirts or oh my oh oh the biggest one you should smile more if i'm gonna smile it if you're gonna be the person that tells me to smile then you need to be prepared for me to give you the most joker-esque smile that i'm gonna give you because first off why do you care so much what I do with my body? Especially my mouth. Like, are we friends? No. Do we interact with each other on a daily basis? No. Do I work with you? No. Like, if you're a complete rando and you're like, oh, you should smile more. For what? For what? And who are you to tell me that I should be doing anything? Like, no. No. Just know, and I think this 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 other idea that has come about is is about this idea of rejection, and I think a lot of times women are given slack for that too. When we are, we are again trying to be empowered and trying to be self sufficient, and you know we go out somewhere, somebody asks us out, we say no, and then the guy gets all butt hurt, and you know things happen, and and you get the headlines on the news that's like, oh, women turn man down, shot woman turned man down stabbed 15 times why why explain to me why and again there's that idea that the toxic masculinity that is just built into the culture of men just expect certain things simply because they are men and it's it's disgusting it's disgusting because those men are giving the good men bad names and the women who the women who would otherwise support the good men feel like they can't because it's like see this is why this is why we feel like we have to go places in groups this is why we feel like we have to carry pepper spray this is why we feel like we need to take self-defense classes this is why we keep pushing the idea of domestic violence and inter inter um um intimate partner violence and we keep pushing this idea that women need to need to protect themselves and women need to you know quote-unquote be afraid of men to a degree because you never know you never know you could just be out with your friends at a bar trying to have a good time some stupid like just it's ridiculous it's ridiculous it's ridiculous like you went out thinking you were just gonna have a good night and you end up getting stabbed or you end up getting heckled or you end up getting harassed or you end up getting raped like there's so many reasons why the, the why why females being portrayed as weak or as you know subordinate or as submissive or as anything that would entitle a male to take advantage of her or use her in a way that is not to her liking like there's so many things that go into this idea of femininity and masculinity and how they play off of each other and again going back to what i said earlier this system was built by men and so it's really the 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 funny part about it is men complain men are the ones complaining like obviously females complain right but men are the ones complaining that oh you just want to be you're you you want to be one of those feminists and you want to do everything on your own and i don't feel needed and this and that and that and that and that and it's like i never said you weren't needed no one ever said men were not needed what we said was men could give us a seat at the table that's what we said we never said we didn't want men at the table at all we said we just want a seat there we just said scoot over a bit but you guys like guys can't even handle that like it's a simple request 
make room at the table. That's the request. Make room at the table. Give us equal say. Give us equal partnership. That's the request. And men are having field days about the fact that that's all we ask for. Oh, that's too much. Really? Is it? For you to scoot over and pull up another chair, that's too much? That's too much? Is it? Is it? But when they but when they get rejected or when something doesn't go their way, it's, oh, see, men have a bad rap. No, men don't. And again, you put this system in place. You put a system in place where you couldn't express your emotions. You put a system in place where you were ostracized and ridiculed if you were quote-unquote being feminine you put a system in place where your daughters your sisters your mothers have to fear for their life every time they go outside that wasn't us we didn't do that and i think that's that's what makes it so mind-blowing is that the men who do these things the men who think these ways they don't see that they don't because and that's the other thing we're always so removed from things which is horrifying to think about because unless something is happening directly to us or to someone we know we don't really seem to have an emotional attachment to it which is scary it's scary as fuck because that means that you could literally watch someone else go through a horrifying experience and go well they deserved it or something they did must have must have been cause for what what happened you see it all the time with the oh she was dressed slutty or she was dressed you know provocatively and so she deserved to get raped or she deserved to get assaulted or she deserved to get harassed or this and this and that and it's like really what if that was your sister what if that was your mom what if that was your daughter what was that was your cousin what if that was your niece and it's like why do we need to do that why do we need to frame things for people as a what if this was closer to home than you thought why why do we need to get there why do we need to get there where people have to say what if it was happening to you and then for people to go oh no i I want no 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 i would want justice to be served so why can't you want it served for everyone else like it just it makes no sense to me that people have no empathy none none people can't even sympathize anymore and go i could i could understand why that's problematic I, I can understand why they're you know they're they're talking about this so much we can't even get there anymore it's oh well, they shouldn't be on a high horse or if they if they weren't doing what they did then then what happened to them should, wouldn't have happened it's like what women are women you don't need a connection and men are men no one needs a connection with anybody to understand that a horrifying thing has happened and this person has now changed forever and again men set these things in place when men get raped no no one no one no one is championing for them and that's sad because it's like men can't get raped by women or he should be lucky that he got to have sex with someone like her and this and this and that or like when teachers have sex with their students it's like oh they're praised it's this weird backwards reaction of oh you were you were 16 and you you know you scored with a woman who's in her 40s like you're doing so well what why is that the reaction why who how do you even know that at 16 he wanted to do that again there's that assumption that men are just sexually permiss like not promiscuous but like sexually aggressive and they want it all the time and and if you know if they can do it with as many women as possible then somehow they're this there's there's this god walking around and i don't get it but when women do it oh heavens the the words that they call women who quote-unquote sleep around or have multiple partners there are so many words so many words for women who do this name me one word for men who do it one negative word for men who do it you probably can't find one can you you probably can't even think about it even if you tried that's what we're talking about that is why it is so it is so hard to be a female in america today in the world in general it's hard to be a female there are females dying all across the world from being forcibly castrated forcibly 
They're not choosing to have hysterectomies. They're not choosing to get their tubes tied. They are having genitals and different body parts and different things being cut off out of their own free will because they are female. They're being denied education. They're being denied proper sanitary products. All of these things simply because they are female. Not because they made mistakes, not because they made bad choice, simply because they are female and people believe that female do not deserve certain things the same as males. And I just, I don't understand it. We are all people. We are all people first. Genitals aside, parts aside, psyches aside, emotions aside, we are all people first. We all believe the same. We all eat the same, breathe the same, walk the same, talk the same. Like... In terms of, like, the basic aspects of, like, what it means to be a human. We all talk. We all walk. We all eat, sleep, breathe, shit. Like, we all do the same things. Sure, we all do them differently. In various forms. But we all do the same thing. We all put our pants on one leg at a time. And all this division that's created by all of these different boxes and labels and and categories it's killing us it's killing us as a people and i i i'm i'm honestly afraid to see where this where this goes because it seems like it's just getting more rigid and more rigid and more rigid and, and you saw it on a full scale in the country with hillary clinton running for president heaven forbid Somebody wanted a female president. It's unprecedented. Did it happen? No. But that idea, that idea that a woman could be a leader of the free world and everyone lost their mind. Even with Kamala being vice president, everyone lost their mind. This is unprecedented. We've never had a woman vice president. Okay, there's a first time for everything. The whole point of switching of switching cabinets and switching people is to get new ideas, is to get different perspectives, is to get a changing of the minds, so to speak, so that we're not operating on the same like the same ideals. Which from a grander scheme of things is is a dictatorship. If one person is going to stay in power forever, that is a dictatorship or a monarchy or whatever you want to call it where those same ideals are being perpetuated time and time and time and time again. And as we all know, from an idea's perspective, you can't do that. Some ideals have a shelf life. They are not meant to be perpetuated time and time and time and time and time again because times change. And change is inevitable. The world is becoming a different place every day. And as much as we need to change with it, there are certain things that do need to stay static and stable and solitary. But the rest of it, the rest of it is just constantly moving. And if we're not moving with it, then we're going to be stuck. We're going to be stuck. And I certainly don't want to be stuck. I love the way that I'm doing things at the moment. I love the fact that I feel like I'm moving forward in my life. Even if it, even if I'm not actually going anywhere different, my mindset is moving forward. My, my, my ability to be open to new ideas and think about new things and have new experiences, that's constantly changing. That's constantly growing. That's constantly in a state of progression. And that is what I love. That is where we should be. It, it's not so much about the exact like the exact like step one step two of things sometimes it's the it's the abstract of it all it's the fact that okay can we stay open-minded as a people can we stay you know open-minded as a country can we stay collaborative right can we stay in a place where change is not the enemy but it is a tool by which we move forward and i and i i i don't always think that we're there some days I have really good faith in humanity. Other days 
I'm just like, is this where we are? Is this where we are? And only time will tell, I guess. Only time will tell, I guess. But that's it. Because if I keep going, I'm going to get on another tangent and I'm going to get on another soapbox. But all my females, I do want you to weigh in, though. Like, leave a comment, message me, however you get in touch with me. I definitely want to hear your thoughts about what are some things, what are some toxic femininity things that you've had to deal with and and are they separated you know are they intertwined with masculinity as well or are they just separate things that you've had to deal with as females um just let me know like because I want to hear from everybody and I want to be able to present you know a a good comprehensive like across the board kind of perspective about this because there's every woman's situation is different every single woman's situation is different and so I, I I didn't want to come on here and and feel like I had to just stick to one like one you know preconceived notion about this because there's so many ways that we as women have to deal with these things and they all affect us in different ways and they all impact us in different ways and not just us the people around us as well and so I, I definitely want to hear from you guys if you have comments please 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 feel free to put them on the website put them like hit me up on Instagram like wherever you can get in touch with me for the podcast like just let me know and I will definitely try to like you know make a post or something with like all the different answers or maybe I'll just make another episode um or when we come back with David I I can you know throw some things his way and see what he thinks as a male you know by getting some feedback from female listeners so thank you guys again for listening um if you celebrated yesterday happy thanksgiving um happy holiday season really because thanksgiving kind of kicks that off um unless you're a halloween person in which case halloween kicked that off for you but you know if you guys are stuffed and still eating leftovers i'm about to go eat some myself um enjoy your weekend and i will be posting another episode tomorrow i have been behind i know (laughs) um life but yeah stay tuned for tomorrow new episode I will catch you guys on the flip side.